Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. I want to say this is the 25th episode of Don't Get It Twisted, which is so weird. Obviously, this whole year has been just kind of like a crapshoot in general. No offense to 2020, but also like take offense. We don't like you. But in all honesty, I have so, so much to be grateful for. And I'm just an optimistic person in general. I choose to find the positives in anything that I can and at least in one respect, Starting Don't Get It Twisted was one of the coolest, most exciting things that I've ever done because it was a total shot in the dark. It was something I'd always thought about wanting to do, but had literal, like literal no direction when it came to knowing how to start a podcast or how to jump into it. So just getting this off the ground all on my own without any assistance was really scary, but I'm grateful that there are so many of you that somehow want to listen to me talk and I... I get so annoyed because now I feel like having a podcast is one of those like very, um, how do I say this politely to myself? Almost like annoying things to have. Like nobody loves people that are like, listen to my podcast. It's like nobody is listening to your podcast, Doris. And it's almost become a meme in some ways. Like I mentioned this, I think in last episode or two before that there was this one guy on TikTok that makes fun of people who want to start a podcast. And I finally figured it out. It's Bowmanizer. I think that's how you'd say his name. And him and his friend have kind of a mini ongoing series of all of these TikToks that they post on Bowmanizer. And it's just the two of them like acting like, we are two girls starting a podcast and we're going to talk fashion or <laughs> we're going to talk about how much we just love Christmas. Don't you just love Christmas, Becky? Oh my God, I love Christmas. Like nobody loves Christmas more than me. <laughs> and now I feel like I just am admitting that I sort of fall into that category, but the self-awareness, okay, at least there's some of it, right? But anyways, I didn't want to be like another cliche, like I'm here to be the guru of all podcasts kind of podcast, if you will. But either way, I'm grateful that we somehow made it to 25 episodes, 25 weeks of this. Actually, probably even more because I think I've missed two episodes so far, which is kind of pathetic if you think about it. Like my sincerest apologies for not having an episode last week. I know I shared this on my Twisty Pod Instagram account, but I know like... 
400% of you don't follow that account, which I'm not offended by because I get it. It's, it's not a great account. We're just getting started. <laughs> oh my God. I'm giving myself the hardest time today. But either way, I made an apology on that account because in full transparency, I did not have any of my podcasting equipment. Basically, what ended up happening was that I went home to California and ended up staying there for a full quarantine because we wanted to be safe. We wanted to make sure that we weren't bringing things around, you know, traveling erroneously. So long story short, I didn't have my microphone. I didn't have any of my proper cables. I'm totally BSing. I literally have like one very minor equipment that is needed to get this podcast started. I didn't have it. I don't even think I had a proper microphone like on cable wire headphones. Like I just had literally nothing and I was on the verge of wanting to just record an entire podcast in a voice memo on my phone. Like I felt so terrible that I didn't have any content for you all from last week. So I sincerely apologize, but thank you for being understanding. If you're ever just sort of like where in the heck is a new episode and you're a little bit confused, make sure that you're following the Twisty Pod Instagram. It's literally just Twisty Pod. It's where I share all updates. It's where I will ask any questions for the podcast, all big announcements, huge, major podcast announcements happening, folks. Okay, get yourself on this Instagram. (laughs) Oh, dear God. Okay, here's the deal. This is something that is extraordinarily hard for me to admit out loud very, very hard to talk about or even breathe into existence, but this is what the podcast is for. This is an open, honest platform. I feel like you are my most intimate and kind audience, so I'm okay with saying this in a very safe community, you know? (sighs) Here goes nothing. I'm having a very, very hard time believing that this is truly the holiday season, And this is literally ripping my heart to pieces right now. But admittedly, it does not feel like the holidays right now. And as somebody who essentially makes their whole freaking brand about loving the damn holiday season, like this is just tearing me at my core. It hurts every matter in my body. Does that even make sense? Every every atom in my body. I don't know, whatever. But it's true. And it it just, it sucks in every realm, but the holidays are just different this year. Like they really are. First and foremost, every single holiday has been extraordinarily hard this year, other than MLK Day. Like MLK Day was the only day that got its proper kind recognition and celebration, okay? Pretty much anything after that, wasn't good because Corona was on the horizon. Then she was here and now she's like manifesting in the community. She's spreading rapidly and it doesn't really seem like there's much of a slowdown pattern. Please, dear God, can we get the vaccine? (laughs) But it's hard. Like it just is sad. It's depressing. It's very upsetting. It's frustrating. It's hard to like take a mature stance and cancel plans with family like my Christmas plans were canceled and I completely understand but it's still hard to cope with and it's just it's 
a really hard year to be so in the spirit of things when there's so much unemployment, there's so many businesses that are struggling to keep their doors open. Like it's hard to be so blissfully ignorant, as I love to say, because it's just dumb almost to ignore like the actual reality of how horrible things are. And I feel like the little child at heart in me is trying so hard to just lean into like the magic of the holiday season in hopes that it will somehow cure like the depression that I've been in for the last seven months. I don't really feel like that's feasible at this point, but at least it's something for somebody like me. And I don't know if you can relate in any way, but it's just, it's shitty. Like it's just shitty on every level. Not to mention, it's just a little bit harder to do pretty much anything nowadays in the spirit of the season. I think the bar is so incredibly low. Like you can just go and do the most basic holiday thing, like get in your car, go look at holiday lights, or just like do a slice and bake cookie recipe. Not even a recipe, like you turn the oven on, you preheat the oven, you put them on a cookie tray and you're like, here's the holidays. We're celebrating big this year. Like the bar is so incredibly low. Anything is better than nothing at this point. So at least there's a little bit of a silver lining. And you know me, like that's just how I choose to look at any situation. I just want to live a little bit more positively if possible. And I'm not about to be here on the podcast, like moping for 45 minutes. Literally nobody wants to hear that. So I'm choosing to stay positive. I'm choosing to think about how... In the coming weeks, we can be a lot more mindful about kind of resetting, recharging, re-energizing ourselves for the new year. And this is the most hilarious part about 2020 in general, is that there's sort of this, I, I would say joke at this point, that when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, All of the world's problems will go away as it will now be 2021 and everything will be all right. Sorry, I feel like nobody's laughing on the other end of this. I just have total giggles right now. It's pretty late at night and I feel like this is kind of my new thing, like recording late at night for the podcast or videos if I can because my energy is just whack, but... Anyways, there's sort of like, you know, the joke that 2021 is going to be our saving grace. When in actuality, we're sort of seeing from the CDC and from, I don't know, people who know more stuff about the coronavirus than I do, that that's clearly not going to be the case. Like January will probably be a really horrible month in regards to an uptick in cases. It will probably continue the same way it's been for the past six months up until May, if we're hopeful, maybe June. Like, God bless everybody who has rescheduled their wedding for summer 2021. My heart is going out to you. I hope that everything goes as rescheduled. But in the spirit of just, like, you know, wanting to find any sort of glimmer of hope, I am not somebody who shies away from a good old fashioned New Year's resolution. 
I think in my younger years, I would put an immense amount of pressure on finding the most perfect resolution. And I would pretty much write out like a Christmas list for myself. Like I'm going to lose 989 pounds. I'm going to magically transform my diet overnight. I'm no longer going to go on my phone past 9 p.m. In fact, I'm going to do 16 workouts every hour. Like the list would just be so astronomical, so unachievable. It was almost setting yourself up for failure. And I think that's where New Year's Eve resolutions come to be a joke in some sort. And the truth of the matter is that You don't need the clock to strike midnight and the world to turn to a new month and a new year and blah, 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 blah to start new goals for yourself or to change your mindset or to finally do that one thing that you told yourself you were going to do for years. And I think that's probably why a lot of people just hate on New Year's resolutions because they don't get why you would need to wait for a new month or a new year to get started on something. Or honestly, there's just so much failure, I think, in it. And I don't want to say failure because that sounds so negative. But isn't there like some crazy statistic that people drop off their New Year's resolutions by the third week of January? Or like not even the third week of January. It's like January 18th. Everybody's already forgotten what their resolution was. Something absurd. And I hate being a statistic in that way. I've mentioned before that I am the absolute least competitive person, but when it comes to things like that, like I will do anything to prove that I am above like a negative statistic. And I feel like I want to be the champion of getting past that January 18th date. Like we need to be the people that go till the 19th, at least. Like at the very least, if you're going to forget about your resolution, go one day past the statistic, at the very least. But I'm a full proponent of New Year's resolutions. I really am. I think that they're amazing. I think that there is so much growth that can happen either in a few weeks time or a few months time, whether you're just doing something that's going to better yourself, better other people, better your community, however you choose to look at the situation, I don't think there's anything wrong with it in the slightest. Sure, I think that we put a lot of pressure on New Year's resolutions, but why not? Like, give us a little glimmer of hope. January is usually the most dreary month of the year. Like, give us something to look forward to. Dear God, please. You're probably wondering why I'm ranting off about New Year's resolutions when it's still the middle of December, and I am fully aware of this, and I apologize for quite literally jumping the gun, but here's the thing, and I I want to give a very special and considerate and directed thank you to you all for being such devoted and kind, loving listeners of the Twisty Pod pod. But as a thank you for listening, I wanted to share with you my thoughts for moving forward. As we're going into 2021, what's on my mind? What are we thinking for our goals, our fitness goals? Because really, I feel like at least when I think of New Year's resolutions, a lot of my goals start to orient around my health, whether that's changing up my diet, changing up my drinking habits or something, or adding in a different type of workout, changing my workout routine, losing a number on the scale, losing a measurement, blah, 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 whatever it is. I feel like a lot of my goals are centered around that. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's just sort of the truth. Now, something that's really amazing and an extraordinary blessing is that I have a close connection with you all and I want to be able to 
do something that actually matters this year. And if there's one thing that I've learned with the little tiny platform that I have is that I want to be able to use it for good. And I want to be able to help others as I can. Now, don't get too excited here or anything. I don't know if literally anybody's thinking this, but I've always vowed (laughs) that I will never create or release or sell any sort of quote unquote workout guide, workout app, anything of that nature without a proper certification next to my name. It's just something that I wholeheartedly believe in. I myself have been not like victim to buying so many guides, but I've done it. I've done it for years and years and years from every fitness influencer you could possibly think of. I've made a whole video on this on my YouTube channel about every single fitness program that I've literally ever tried. And I would say 90% of those I've paid either an arm and a leg or just a few toes for. And I've been down that path. And I would say also 90% of those people do not have any sort of certification. Their certification is their physique. You buy the guide because you want to achieve what those people look like. And while I don't necessarily see a massive problem in that, it's a small problem. Maybe it's not a massive problem. I do find such value in buying a guide or buying some sort of fitness advice, like quite literally buying with your own coin, your own bag from somebody who actually has a certification, has knowledge in the industry, has knowledge to tell you why you should be doing a certain exercise for you, for your body, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something I've just made a vow to myself for, and it's something I intentionally will choose to do for the rest of my quote unquote influencing career. But that doesn't mean that I'm not somebody who also loves just a good old fashioned community, you know? So this is sort of something that I've been thinking about for quite some time now. And I've really, really wanted to do something with you all for the month of January or even past that to really inspire one another and just motivate and hold each other accountable and do something in the new year that will bring at least a little bit of light and love and health, truly, into this cute little community, we'll call it. I feel like I'm totally dragging this on, but trust me, it's it's worth the procrastination. But <laughs> let's quickly flash back to 2019 going into 2020. My first video that I ever did in regards to fitness was actually doing the 12-3-30 challenge by Lauren Duraldo. Now, it's not inherently a challenge, 12-3-30 is a treadmill routine that Lauren Duraldo came up with. She popularized it. She does it, I believe, every single day. And really what 12-3-30 is, is going onto your treadmill, whether that's in the home or the gym or wherever the else you'd find a treadmill, walking on the treadmill at an incline of 12 at a speed of three miles per hour and walking for a total of 30 minutes, 12-3-30. And it was the first video, I'm nearly positive, the first video that I ever did that had any direct relation to health and fitness content. And truly, it was one of the first videos that helped me recognize that that was where a lot of my passions lied in content creation and even just in my own personal interests and passions. Like I genuinely just love 
bettering myself in regards to living a healthy lifestyle. So doing that video was really monumental for me because it was the first time that I realized this was the type of content I wanted to create. I wanted to try and do challenges and share my experience and relay them to the community. Now, when I posted that video, I want to say I posted it on January 4th. And at the time, I believe I had 215 followers, 216 subscribers, something along those lines. So, I mean, I can't even begin to express how incredibly grateful for the year that I've had and and being able to grow the community that we've grown together. And it just feels like something that would make the absolute most sense to me is really just doing a walking challenge with you all. So here is the very prolonged announcement. (laughs) Starting on January 4th, I want to do a walking challenge with you all, holding you all accountable, holding myself accountable, checking in with you all every single day on my Instagram, keeping everybody accountable. There will be no set time, no requirement of having a treadmill, no requirement of going a certain distance. Really, the challenge will just be finding ways to walk more in your everyday life. I want it to be intentional small changes, like you're going to park a little bit further away from the grocery store so you can walk a little bit further to get into the door. Or you're going to take the stairs instead of going up the escalator. Little things like that that are going to be so beyond impactful in the long run. Or it's going to be incorporating a longer walk into your routine. It's going to be walking with your dog for an hour instead of just a 10-minute poop break. It's going to be going on the treadmill for a 12, 3.30 or just going on the treadmill for 10 minutes. There's not going to be a certain set amount of time that you have to walk. There's not going to be a certain requirement for how much you're walking, how long you're walking, how far you're walking, but really just finding any certain way to add additional walking into your daily routine. Now, I feel like I really need to work on, you know, kind of minimizing this explanation. And that's why I'm sharing it all with you on the podcast before I share this on YouTube. But I know it seems so trivial, like such an easy kind of like, wait, what are, what's happening? What are we doing? But here's the thing. Walking is one of the easiest things that you can do to better yourself. It's one of the easiest ways that you can improve your daily activity or even just increase your daily activity. Like doing those little things like taking the stairs when you can or choosing to walk to work if you have that ability instead of taking the subway or taking the train, whatever it might be. Those things add up. It's so easy. It is so impactful. And I promise you that the hard work of finding ways to add in more activity into your routine will have such positive lasting results. Not that I need to be like the spokesperson for walking, like this is not some sort of walking sponsorship, but at the same time, in case you have not been won over by my little argument here, here are just a few quick non-exhaustive benefits of walking, okay? Literally is proven to improve your mood, can also help improve depression. It supports weight loss, obviously. It can help you get a better night's rest. It helps reduce the risk of heart disease. It can even help with high blood pressure, lower your blood sugar. It can boost your energy. Do I need to continue? Like walking is the key, folks. In case you're confused by that very long and horrible rant, Here is the Spark Notes version 
of the challenge. Starting January 4th for the entire month of January, we will be doing a walking challenge. I'll be holding everybody accountable every single day on my Instagram account at Taylor Woods with two L's. If you haven't already followed me on there, please go ahead and do so. I will be announcing this on my YouTube channel as well. I'll be holding everybody accountable on my YouTube channel, but essentially it's not about a before and after result. It's not about the progress that you're going to make physically, but it's about how you can better yourself mentally, better your long-term health, better your mindset, better your mood by just doing something as simple as walking. I personally will probably try if I'm able to use an actual treadmill if the gyms are open at that point. I would love to do 12, 3.30 every single day if I'm able to access the treadmill. If that's not an option, then I'm just going to do an extraordinarily long outdoor walk or maybe just try and stand up more often walking around my apartment, finding ways to not be sitting on my bum, at my desk, on the couch, in bed, yada, yada, yada. It's just the little things. It's ways that we can make a lasting impact on our health. And I don't want to sell you anything. I don't want to have you buy anything or feel like I'm trying to get you to do something that you're going to hate after trying out a guide for four days and wasting your money and blah, blah, blah. This is something that is fun. It's easy. It's accessible for a lot of people. And I would love to be able to do it alongside of you. So Let me know what your thoughts are, especially since you're all my little guinea pigs. Message me on Instagram, either on the Twisty Pod Instagram or my personal Instagram, letting me know what you want more questions on, what can I answer for you, what can we narrow down on, if you have a fun name. Sweet Little Paige gave me a good nickname for Twistmas, and now that's literally the greatest thing ever. Thank you, Paige. Thank you for listening. Thank you for suggesting But if anybody has a cool, fun name for this walking challenge, other than like walking challenge, um, let me know too, because we're still working on that too. We're really rolling out the kinks here. I'm really just giving you all the brief introduction to my brain, which usually takes a lot of marination to actually figure out where the good ideas are. They're usually very, very far in the back of my brain. So it's nice to have a little springboard and I'll allow you all to be that springboard for me. So thank you in advance for your considerate, kind feedback, your constructive criticism. I welcome it all. Remember, I am sensitive to mean comments, but you know, let it come, let it happen. Let's wrap this up with a cute little Q&A. I got a voice memo the other day, so let's hop the heck in. Hello, Taylor. Hope you're having a great day. So my question to you is how to have a great podcast like yours genuinely asking and how to be consistent love you bye that was so dang sweet thank you so much Zayana for your question honestly I get this question quite a lot which is so flattering because I don't really think that I have a good podcast so thank you for I don't know reaching out to me to ask this kind of question the biggest advice that I will always give is try to find something that will make you stand out in whatever niche that maybe you want to add to. So translating that into something that actually makes sense. What I mean to say is that if you want to start a podcast, think about a topic that you genuinely would love to talk about every single week. Maybe for you, let's just say it's 
cooking. What can you talk about in regards to cooking that would add something to the conversation that hasn't already been said? Or what makes your contribution to the cooking scene so outstanding that strangers from all around the world would want to listen to it as well? It's about finding something that makes you and your perspective unique and resonates with a larger audience. I guess in regards to my podcast, just as an example, one of the main reasons I really wanted to start this podcast in particular was because I was tired of only showcasing kind of like this perfected edited version of myself on YouTube, for example, or as a highlight reel on my Instagram, Instagram stories, TikTok, wherever I might be posting content. And I just was getting so locked up in that world of Facetune and perfection, and it just did not feel like me. And I wanted to bring a little bit more of an authentic twist to not only the fitness and health community, but also just genuine topics that I'm interested and passionate about sharing an authentic opinion of. That's not to say that nobody else is sharing authentic opinions, but it was just something that I felt was very important for me to do with my quote unquote platform. So that's what I really wanted to achieve with Don't Get It Twisted. I really wanted to provide an authentic, fun, untwisting the twisted truth platform. If you can find something like that in your niche, if there's a topic that you want to talk about week after week that you know that you are passionate about talking about to a large audience and you know that you can do something for the greater good, that's kind of the direction I would recommend going. My next piece of little advice is to almost before you even get started with a title, before you even think about you know how you would go about the logistical side of starting a podcast, write down your first 10 topics of the first 10 episodes that you would publish. How realistic is this for you to do? Is it something that you could consistently come up with ideas for every single week? Because I think podcasts in some ways can be glamorized just to say, oh, me and my best friend are going to start a podcast. We're going to talk about just real life things or blah, 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 you know, which is not a bad thing, but Find ways that you can be creative and creative consistently. That's where I feel like niching down can sometimes be very helpful because at least it gives you a little bit of a structure. Consistency also just comes with time, dedication, and passion. If this is something that you're really interested in doing, you will find ways to be consistent. You will make it a priority for yourself. Some ways that I try and stay consistent is just creating a lot of organization for myself, whether that's just mapping out my episodes far in advance, it's mapping out the time that I'm going to sit down and record and not make excuses for it or not push it back day after day. It's being consistent week after week, always recording on the same days, always uploading on the same days, and then your audience will also start to know when you upload and they'll expect more from you. They'll be happy when you upload the content, etc., etc. Um, give yourself some grace. It takes time to get into. It's awkward talking into a microphone. Right now, I'm currently staring at like the hinges of a door, just sort of zoning off into the abyss. So you know, it's an unnatural thing to do, quite honestly. But genuinely, there has never been a better time to start a podcast, and it's a very I would say comfortable platform to dive into because it's a lot less intimidating than something like YouTube, for example, where you have to film yourself and edit yourself and upload videos of yourself. 
So, you know, give it a try. And also Anchor, that's the platform I use to upload my podcast. It's free, it's easy, and highly recommend. This question is from Paige. She said, is it challenging to watch other people's YouTube videos being a creator yourself? Yes, like big time, yes. I actually have stopped watching any creators that make any sort of similar content to what I make. And it's a kind of a petty thing to admit, but in all honesty, it's just hard for me to watch other creators and separate what they do from my ideas or to not let their style get in my head about what I should be doing or how I should be doing something else. I think my biggest weakness is comparison. And so it was just the smart thing for me to do to remove things like that, that would influence me either positively or negatively. It just, it got to my head way too much. I let it affect my performance. I let it get to my confidence and made me question everything that I'm doing or how I could be better, how I could connect with you all better, yada, yada, yada. So I actually don't watch a lot of creators, like I said, that have very similar content to what I make. Uh, which is a bummer because I'm sure that they have wonderful videos and whatnot and I'll always be supportive as a friend, but it is hard for me and that's awkward to admit, but it's just the truth. But when it comes to just general content creators that I love and admire, I love supporting them. I think it's one of the reasons that I started my channel myself and I will always pay respect to my elders, if you will. I'm a huge fan of Cody Ko. I love his videos. They're kind of my like escape, if you will, like not to be too cliche, but I love watching his videos if I'm just kind of in a bad mood, for example. Also, Mike's Mike. Like I cannot get enough of Mike's Mike. He makes me so beyond happy. And I always wonder how he comes up with his creative ideas for his videos. Like his brain just must be so vast, so deep in the pop culture world. I just admire everything about him. I think he's fabulous. I think he's so much fun. And I love people like that, that just make genuinely funny content without bashing on anybody else. I love that so much. This question is also from Paige. It says, what was your favorite part of making your merch? Which I get tons of compliments on, by the way. That is so sweet. My favorite part for sure was just one. Well, there's so many good parts. <laughs> one, the creative process, making the merch with my designer, Alex Miller. Alex, if you're watching this, God bless you, because I feel like I was so unconfident in myself. I would be like, oh, I really like this design, but I'll let you choose or whatever's up to you or blah, 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 which I'm sure is probably more annoying as a designer. Um, but I also had to learn to be strict and, and say what I liked and say what I didn't like, or, you know, it was frustrating when things didn't work out in the printing process. And she was so understanding and so kind about it. But I'd say the coolest part was coming up with ideas, having Alex, you know, put them into reality. But even beyond that, I think the absolute best part is getting pictures from you all, seeing you tag me in Instagram stories, wearing my merch. Like that is something that at least as a content creator, I could only ever dream of that you would like what I do or like my product so much that you would want to buy it, own it, wear it, share it, post it on Instagram. Like that just warms my heart. 
so darn much. It is so beyond flattering and it's something that is just so humbling. And as much as I loved, you know, actually being able to create the product and create it with love and you all in mind, having you actually wear the products yourselves is so beyond rewarding and it makes me so happy that you've liked it all as well. So thank you for choosing to support me. If you have, it means so darn much to me. I hope that you've liked your merch if you've received it and send me more pictures. If you have your merch and you haven't shown it to me, I want to see you wearing it. I don't have to post it on Instagram if you don't want me to, but I just, I just want to see it for myself. It makes me so beyond happy. Oh my God. Okay. Emily said, I'm dying to know your favorite and least favorite Christmas song for Twistmas, of course. Okay. So let's start with the negative because I want to end on a positive. I would probably say my least favorite Christmas song is going to be something either very overplayed or something I don't even have in my Christmas playlist because it just doesn't even make the cut. My first instinct is I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It makes no sense. The tune is so nauseating. I don't know why you would want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I don't even know if I've listened to the lyrics enough to understand why. But that's one of those ones that it comes on and you're just, uh, next, uh, next. I want a hippopotamus. I'm not even going to bother your ears, but yeah, it's horrendous. On a more positive note, one of my favorite Christmas albums is the Sia album. If you have not taken a deep dive in the Sia Christmas album, just pause this podcast. Pause this podcast and go listen to her album. It's so refreshing because it's Christmas without being outright in your face. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It's so good. It's all original songs. I don't think any of them are covers. It's just downright fun, good pop Christmas. I love it. Also, honorable mentions to Kelly Clarkson. Wrapped in Red is an amazing Christmas song. Or Underneath the Tree. I think right now that's probably my favorite song next to Sleigh Ride. The Casey Musgraves Christmas album is divine. I love Pennies from Heaven, the non-Christmas Christmas song. And of course, my actual favorite song of all time, like not even just in the holiday season, is Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells, specifically the Trans-Siberian Orchestra version. It is so beyond superior. It is, I would say, one of the cornerstones of my personality. Yes, I will allow it to be a personality trait. It is just everything and more. I, (laughs) oh my God, just pause this podcast. I don't know why you're still listening to it. Just go listen to every single Christmas song that I've just recommended. In fact, You can actually stream them all in one beautiful playlist. It's called Oh Santa. It's on my Spotify. It is so dang good. I'm updating it pretty much on the daily. When I get annoyed with the song, it gets kicked out of the playlist. When I want something new, it gets added in. There's always a surprise at every corner. Such a good, fun playlist. Give it a try. Give it a chance if you haven't already. Oh my God, and how could I have forgotten Thank God It's Christmas by Queen. We cannot not mention Thank God It's Christmas by Queen. Like, my 
my best friend and I decided that this was the song of the year because truly it's been a very long year and thank freaking God it's Christmas. But also happy Hanukkah because I believe today is the fifth night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to all my Jewish listeners. Happy holidays to everybody listening. Thank you so freaking much for giving me your time today. I love you all. You mean so much to me. Don't forget to give me your rude, honest, authentic feedback on our January 4th walking challenge. Let me know your honest thoughts. I want to hear it all. Follow the Twisty Pod Instagram. Email me in any questions that you ever have or just anything that you want to tell me. Write me a love note, whatever you want. Hello at twistypod.com or DM me at the Twisty Pod Instagram or Taylor Woods with two L's. Love you all so stinking much. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.